What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? My name is Jade, and this is the Here Is What We Know podcast, episode 19. Thank you, chatbot, for reminding me of the number. <laughs> um, Simon, how are you doing, mate? Oh, man, I'm doing well. It's been an action-packed weekend for myself. Bit of golf, bit of surfing, uh, bit of MMA. You know, not myself, but watched a little bit of it today. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, it's been a good, good weekend full of sports. Awesome. How about all, yourselves? All as well. Hannah, how are you? All as well, thank you. Great day, sun shining, and it's lovely to be here. And of course, we are live on Twitch and D Live, so please feel free to leave your comments in the chat. We will be able to respond to those. But before we get into the business today. I just want mm-hmm. to give a couple of minutes uh, to Hannah just to address some of the events of last week. How kind. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Well, it's love. I really do appreciate those who follow follow us and do take time to watch us. Um, so last week, I do, just so you know, I do not want to be a drama queen ever, okay? But to let you know... Lies. <laughs> last week, I was... I was thinking and concentrating so hard on what I was going to say and not muck it up. I then went and had a seizure. Now, now that, that are, is not unusual for me, okay? Yeah, I was going to say. It's not unusual <laughs> for Hannah to have a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great singing there, Simon. Um, oh, thank you. And this has been going on for you for quite some time. Yeah, no, it, it's... I, I won't say how many years, but many years since <laughs> I was a child. I'd give away how old I was. Um, <laughs> so, no, it's I've had a range, and I've had a different kind, lots of different types of seizures, and I don't get any warning signs, which is a lot of people do get warning signs, and a lot of people actually get a, um, you know, for people who have epilepsy and seizures, um, they will have little things they might get smells that might trigger them to think of that they're going to have a seizure a sound Mm. um you know some people get buzzing noises in the air but no i don't which and i've had lots of different ones and lots of kind of awkward ones and interrupting sentences i've i will then make up sometimes sentences that will kind of seem like i'm talking some sense but it will have no relevance Mm-hmm. I've also had seizures where I've started laughing, but my one that I had the other week is where I literally fell off my chair and made a big scene. And but no, but I was, uh, but I, was I fine think very quickly, and I'm I felt really bad that I missed missed it and interrupted the conversation. So I'm I'm all good. Yeah, I think the question on top for everyone that would have seen that though is, are you okay and did you require any treatment? Yeah, so I don't... Jade is my number one supporter, and he knows me so well now, and he knows my kind of seizures, that where it's going to be the stage of, am I going to be okay, or am I not? And I've been fine the whole time, and it looks worse than it is, but I will... I'll be fine very quickly now. Hmm. And I just wanted to give that space, because I want to assure people that while it looked like we kind of contained the issue and carried on with the show. Simon and I 
as good friends of Hannah are deeply concerned for her health, um, but but we do know the ins and outs probably more intimately than most. And I literally, to let you guys know, I literally was so annoyed. I literally <laughs> came around and I was sitting sitting on the couch and I thought, hold on, I was about to say something. Where's the po- Are we still streaming? What's happening? And that was the only point when I realised that I must have had a seizure. So I felt really bad and always love having conversations with you guys. So thank you. So Hannah does have a contribution for us at the top of the show. Hannah, you're going to talk about gas prices and then leave Simon and I to it, aren't you? Yeah. But before that, as always, the question of the day. I get really excited about these. May I say, Simon, it's getting harder and harder to think of good ones because we've had so many. Um, So I'm needing to do more and more research, getting more and more uh, philosophical over time. But for today, is New Zealand still a Christian, faith-based country? Is New Zealand still a Christian faith-based country. Now, I'll be honest with Simon and let him know that I actually gave Hannah a preview. Not sure why I allowed that this week, (laughs) but I did. Hannah, did you want to have a go first? Only a few minutes before we live, though. Yeah, still. Um, Yeah, no. I... Excuse me, guys. It's an interesting one. <laughs> it is. It is a. Some people would say yes, but I'm gonna say. Faith is a hard one, so can we really put it on our country anymore? We're not. It's not just a small country anymore, and we've got a lot of diverse cultures that have come to New Zealand with different races. Oh, hold on. So what do you mean? You, you can only be faith-based if you're a small country? No, I'm saying specifically one kind of religion. So we're not just... We don't just have Christians in New Zealand. Ah, yes, I see where you're going because you're trying to cover the Christian bit of what I said, okay? Yeah. Yep, yep. And I don't think that we can say that we are focused on one religion anymore. Yep. So, yes or no? No, I don't think so anymore. Mr. Anderson, is New Zealand um, still a Christian, faith-based country? I think I think what I'm about to say is what you wanted Hannah to, I guess, expand on based on what you were saying. But, yeah, I want to take what Hannah says and say, no, it's not a Christian, faith-based uh, country because it's not Christian nor faith-based like uh, for a country to be based on a faith it would need to have similar principles and values and culture structures and um, you know rituals and um, and traditions that relate to their values but New Zealand doesn't really have a uh, monogam or um, monotonous culture or religion or set of values um, across the whole population, so I wouldn't say we're Christian or faith-based as a country. We've got we've got some sort of values. I mean, you, 
there's a good portion of the country that want us to be very communist based and then there's another part of the country that want us to be in extremely independent and quite republic in nature so i don't think we could say we were christian or faith-based at all okay so staying with that for a second though simon so mm. in, in new zealand it's still a requirement to swear on the bible uh, when, well, yeah when you, when you go to a court or make any uh statements in front of a judge i guess i forgot to qualify my statement with saying this is the this is my feeling of the general population not <laughs> what is not was written into law i should have said at the beginning i don't know whether how intertwined new zealand law is with faith at the moment but yeah i feel like it's a bit of a tick box exercise and that might be exactly where i'm heading so uh for me you know new zealand is structured as a christian faith-based uh country but uh, but i feel like over the last 10 maybe even 20 years we've done quite well uh to erode those values i want to start by pointing to um you, you know some of the laws around parenting obviously that's very on top for me as a, a, a father of a young child um you, you know the welfare system in new zealand heavily favors uh single households layer that with the fact that the family court heavily favors mothers for some reason and um yeah i just i just don't think I just don't think th those are only two examples, but but based on those things, I don't think it's very Christian. Also, adding in that in New Zealand, um, you can stay on welfare as long as you've got a child under five. So what that does is that encourages so-called single woman to continue having children with random men or the same man that apparently doesn't contribute live in the house or set the values for the children uh so for me um definitely not uh christian faith-based i mean i'd love to get some spiritual leaders on the show to have a real deep down chat about that but i i'd need to be convinced that we're even remotely faith-based right at the moment i think the thing that we do around the bible and the court is a little bit of a farce at this stage any any additions there simon no i think you've rounded it off pretty well <laughs> there jade i think yeah it's it's a sad state of affairs i guess with the i mean the the considered appropriate cultural window of behavior you know like in terms of beliefs and economic uh policies and things like that it's just really weird mm. um and it's yeah i think yeah i definitely think the people at the top are perhaps um compromising new zealand's best interests for <laughs> some other people's like you obviously that, knew that, about those welfare ones though right like the the drive to ensure women stay as single as possible for as long as possible you know about all that 
Well, yeah, I guess they it, it's kind of intentional because it creates weak family structures, and then it be, you know, because um, single mothers are beholden on the state, so then they're quick yeah. to adopt the policies and the behaviours yeah. that the state deems acceptable because they need the money, and then you have those kids growing up in that household that perpetuate that, and you know, go to public school, get get the same programming. And just, yeah, cycles on. People dependent on the state. Last thought on this, and then we'll move into your story. Anything you want to add, Hannah? No, I think... Um, I really respect what both of you said and agree with you. And um, I see that maybe we could do a bit mm-hmm. of a bit of a shake-up with having... Um, I'm not gonna say face-based, but uh, more of a general sense of values-based. Um, yeah. So we're not dismissing one religion over another, but actually being clear on what Aotearoa and the community need and want, and how do we deal and manage. Thanks so much, Hannah. And we are now going to go into the first story of the day, which will be Hannah's. Um, and I'm going to be particularly on my best behavior, considering our episode last week got deleted by Twitch. Still don't really know uh, why that is, but yeah, I'm going to try my darndest not to tell the truth this episode. Anyway, Hannah, over to you. <laughs> so not that it's uncommon right now that um, petrol prices are inflated and high. Now, all around the world, the petrol prices are being raised, and it was quite interesting this week. Our Prime Minister actually said, due to the war, this is the reason why petrol prices have been inflated, and that's why this happened. Now, um, the thing was, is that it was put to our Prime Minister by the opposition that, what about we remove petrol taxes? Now, right now... Can we pause on that one? So, Simon, do you, do you have views? Do, do, we, do we pay too much of petrol tax? Let's start there before Hannah goes into the full thing. Oh, no, I was trying to yeah, explain about over half of Over half of the price of the petrol at the pump is tax. Somewhere between 50 and 55, I believe, maybe higher, depending on the petrol. So, to let you know, it is, what I was going to tell you, is it is 45%. 40% is um, for the cost of fuel, and 15% is for um, for the station to actually make a profit. So, Sorry, run that profit margin by me again. 15%. So. Whoa, that's deep, bro. So, for- <laughs> All, All right. good. Alright, apologies. Apologies, everyone. Um, Hannah, you were saying about the tax. So, it's 45% of um, the cost of petrol. And also, um, where we live in Auckland has at least 10 there's at least 10 cents or more added on to the cost of petrol for Aucklanders 
regional I fuel was, tax. I thought it was 50 plus, yeah. Oh, no, no, there's the 45%. Um, is, that in, is that in Auckland? And then on top of that, <laughs> there's just 10 cents on top of that. Um, oh, yeah. That compared to the smaller regions, um, will we will have ten cents more or less, and that was projected before um, the increase. So the question that was put to our prime minister was um, by the opposition: How about remove the forty-five percent of fuel tax um, for the time being? And she said. No, that will have implications. Now, I've got an interesting fact for you. Of course it will, love. That'll mean <laughs> you'll have less money. I've got an interesting so fact, So borrowing all the money for the COVID response. <laughs> I've got an interesting fact, though. So last year, I think... Now, I believe... Roughly, this is... So last year, the tax number... The fuel tax um, income from last year was 512... Um, billion dollar million dollars now only half of that has actually been spent so she still wants to say no doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's for a short time and it, it is not even being proposed whereas our opposition party is saying how about for a short time how about a way to to think of the community and she's trying to say well the government is planning programs for next end of next month hoping that we can do the this that and other and this is also meaning that we're still going to have these high price of fuel for at least a month and how will that affect that will affect low-income workers Whereas the opposition is trying to say we can do something straight away, remove fuel tax for for across across the country, and yeah, why don't we treat the gas uh, tax like the health order assignment? Why why don't we just like like willy nilly just make it lesser and lesser every week as we see fit? Like they do with the health waters. A little bit here, a little bit there. Change this, change that. Fuck wits. To save a couple amendments. <laughs> yeah. And literally the thing was, they're saying, oh, well, we, she also was saying, we can't do that because what happens, because that money goes towards our roads, most of the expensive roading is Auckland, we can't have the rest of the country pay pay for Auckland or well, how about you just had have someone actually concentrate on the needs and you've still got excess money from the regional from the fuel tax Does how it? about think of think of in other countries have also proven that they've taken away fuel tax for the time being which countries uh, Europe Europe and no, I, I think I think it was Ireland. Ireland, okay. Yeah, they they actually did, bro. Yeah, got yeah. on them. Yeah, also real talk. So it works out to be about twenty cents in NZ dollars. 
the be- the benefit of having a blind lady on the show is that like her her research for the show is not really secret because her iPad reads it all out, so I can just <laughs> peek into what Hannah's reading. So that's amazing, Hannah. So you've given us the lowdown. What are your views? So just you know, one of the headlines was. Oh, sorry about it. There's not much that the government can do for you. Now, <laughs> that's literally one of the headlines. And I'm thinking, well, you're supposed to work for us, lady. And you're supposed to work for the community. Um, what can you do? You're not... She wasn't even providing that answer. And, you know, and also saying, oh, well, this is because of what's going around the world and it's affected all around the world well how can you make things change for our city and for our country because of inflation and rising um housing prices she was like oh don't know what to do so i just was really disappointed with the way that things are treated and i think it's really hard for people um you know, right now, trying to pay for your fuel, a lot of people I'm hearing suddenly are paying $200 to fill up their car, and they were not paying anywhere near that. And they can't just be putting in the odd 20 and it's just not going to get them far, so uh, it's hard. The question I wanted to ask, and I don't really know how to explore this, but maybe Simon has. Is this all relative psychological stuff, though? Because there was a point in time where gas was like 10 cents a litre. And I remember when it went up to 15, not me, but I remember hearing a story about when it went up to 15 cents a litre. There was like this huge, like, outcry. But are people that, like, are shouting out about the gas price... Do you think they simply don't understand how inflation works? And, uh, you know, overlaid with that, could we say they also don't understand how quantitative easing works, Simon? Yeah, I don't know if you can blame this price movement on that, though, you know what I mean? Go on, on, then. Can I just interrupt you for a second? Sorry, Simon, I just want to let you know... The last time that New Zealand had high prices at the fuel, it uh, was 2008 when we had um, had the income. Um, Wall Street um, had their income and it dropped and crashed. Sorry. The housing crash. The housing crash. All right, we would be now. So 2008, and that's what she was saying. Oh, well, it was high. Not as high it has been, but that's when it... So she was trying to say, well, that was affected also. I want to hear from Simon real real quick before we move on. So Simon, you you don't think we can blame it on inflation and quantitative easing? Well, in terms of just the gas prices, right? Like, that, that is because of the worldwide sanctions on Russia. And, well, there's the COVID restrictions putting already... Um, some pressure on supply lines which inflate the pricing 
because um, you know, there's Omicron everywhere. But then also this latest move with Russia and Ukraine, all these countries, so like all of our major trading partners that we, we probably piggyback on oil orders and things like that have stopped trading with Russia. So we have to adopt, like we don't probably get a say on where we get our oil from. We just end up having to do some sort of joint deal with Australia probably to get trucks to, you know, not trucks, to get boats to come to our country. Mm. So mm. I, I would say that, yeah, there's probably an, there's a bit of an inflationary correction um, in the dollar of the, of the pet, petrol, but I think a lot of this is because of what's happening overseas in the countries that have um, tried to cripple Russia. Amazing. Hannah, thank you for your time today. Uh, we, we're going to release you so you can stay uh, safe and well. And of course, we hope you do. No, thank you so much, everyone. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your stream. And I look forward to watching it back and hearing it all. But thank you, guys. Awesome. Um, you have a great day. And of course, our, view, our views are going to go down now because there's no titties on the stream, <laughs> but never never mind. We're going to have to get the hot tub out. <laughs> yeah. oh. we'll, we'll keep going. Simon, <laughs> you've got some pretty epic um, threads to walk us through uh, relating not just to Ukraine, but, but a general sense of, I would frame, frame it as the New World Order. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a few people I've seen uh, make the sorry um, the same sort of connection, but it's the same group of people that are pushing the COVID narrative um, that are the ones that are most vocal against Russia. So if you have any sort of doubts about the aims of the, the people responding to COVID and the, you know, the people in power for these western countries they're all now unanimously and uniformly you know all together repeating the same messaging doing the same moves uh, politically with sanctions and uh, even private businesses are uh, coming in with uh, with you know removing their business from from the country but some of them have been called out for their quite hollow moves you know lots of companies actually do very little trading in russia that are from the west you know they're too tight um and they don't make those connections so that it's actually a bit of a hollow gesture some of these um some of these companies saying that they're you know pulling their support for russia but it's still all it's doing is hurting the the russian people so i mean there's more to the conflict than what is the mainstream narrative about Russia just, you know, destroying Ukraine. Uh, we've got Clive Bixby in the chat uh, on Twitch saying, weak men cause hard times. Yeah, well, yeah the full <laughs> quote, right? Like, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, and hard times create strong men mm. um oh so i guess this thread is from somebody who um what you'd call i guess uh uh he would probably consider himself a bit of a uh self-improvement guy but he's also been pretty accurate with some of the stuff he says in terms of the public events that that 
um, unfold or have unfolded last year and this year. But if you just scroll down to the the next two, yeah, one sec, two. one sec. Oh. What I was actually going to do that's a little bit different because this is a thread. I thought I'd drop it in the chat so people could follow along as well. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can you see that? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so what does that say? So, yeah, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa will be switching onto a SWIFT alternative. So SWIFT is like this international banking framework and protocol that all of these countries um, use to help with uh, international transfers. You will have like a SWIFT bank uh, number and things like that. And it, they they threatened Russia with removing them. And I guess <laughs> Russia, I guess Russia had already thought of that as a, as a oh no, um, no they didn't they, they got the advance word didn't they didn't yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure in the comment above in the tweet above it talks about how um, America told Russia and then Russia I mean America told China and then China took it to to Russia um, or a different thread but um, on oh, scroll down. Must be in a different thread, but um, this guy's talking. So Sunday, meaning American time, so tomorrow for us. Um, yeah, he's just talking about keeping an eye on the markets. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, on fr what is it about Friday? Being the, the the power of the petrodollar begins to wane. You could probably check it out, see if it's already started happening, but. I mean, I feel like the other threads are probably more interesting than this one. This one's just some, you know, speculation about what's happening. Have you got another um, one for me? Did I miss it in the in the prep for the show? Sorry, Simon. Oh, no. Oh, no, yeah. no. I just, I, when you replied asking me to cover something, I thought it was a different thread you were talking about that I had open, ready to go, but... Um, Send it to yeah. me. We can do that. Oh, no, no, no. It's all good. Yeah. If you keep going down, I'm sure there's probably yeah. some more gold to talk about. Yeah, so what is he saying? Talking what to expect in the coming days. Panic across all markets, cyber attacks, primarily focused on energy, food, finance, uh, liquidity dries up, food and energy explode upwards, and talking heads freak out as the Great Reset uh, derails. Uh, Boris Macron Trudeau's the All World Economic Forum leaders um, get extremely nervous. So we're talking about uh, all these people in charge who are trying to um, change the the world into a more um, uniform global unit uh, it, it's it's a bit of a transition period coming up you know they they they're, um, they provoked they provoked Russia into this um, conflict and what does that yeah. mean for for a, for a simple black guy like me that what does that mean that Russia was well, provoked? So, Putin did like a 40 plus minute video broadcast before any of this happened and pretty much laid out exactly why um, he's doing this. And, and basically, just to condense it, I mean, we, I think we've had some people talk about it, but, you know, 2014, the CIA helped install um, a, a, the leader that they wanted by um, funding the Azov Battalion, which is a Nazi group, 
uh, to overthrow, well not to overthrow, but to help, you know, get this person in power. And then pretty much ever since then, they've been, um, had they've had like free reign to abuse and and kill uh, the ethnically Russian people of like Eastern Ukraine, and um, the people that have that live there have been begging, you know, for some help, and nobody's been helping. It's basically, you know, there's ma- they've been made similar analogies between the U.S. and what's happened in the uh, Middle East and how. Um, how the U.S. Uh, w- would enter into other countries um, and say that they needed to save the local people from from evil forces, you know. So, but at this, but except with America, they have no claim to the ethnic group that they're trying to protect. Whereas with Russia, you know, these people are Russians and you know need their help, but are living in Ukraine and are getting killed by racist Nazis, and so that's what. Russia's tried to do, tried to come in and stop that from happening, and then obviously um, the USA and all the NATO partners are doing everything they can to uh, prolong this war and make it um, as as bad as possible to try and make this world war. So that's what I think is happening in this thread is he's talking about some of the things that Russia and these other countries are trying to do to to counteract um, what the West is doing. That's amazing, and I heard this morning um, on the news, like, I've got all these alerts set up to help me have better and better shows. I heard that the the Middle East is actually in support of Russia right at the moment, and then my brain goes to, well, didn't the US install the Taliban, essentially? Yeah, and they left them like eighty million dollars worth of hardware as they left. So what? Know, like, what does that mean? More, I think. What does that mean? What do you mean? Like, like is this all? Like, I don't know how I to put it, but is this all like a circle jerk? Where, <laughs> where you're being, you're being like distracted from the fact that the U.S. are actually in a roundabout way responsible for everything. I, I mean, I might be way off base, but you tell me, Simon. I mean, kind of. The 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 thing is, is that the U.S. is said to have kind of done the the bidding of Israel's, but um, you can't really talk about that too much, otherwise you get called anti-Semitic. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, pretty much. It's just coincidence, I guess, that a lot of the conflicts that um, America get into have been beneficial for Israel. But yeah, I mean, you're right. These conflicts in the Middle East, um, what the US have gotten involved into, you know, and, and in Africa with um, Libya, um, they, 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 they support this grassroots movement with guns and, you know, overthrow uh, uh, the leader. And then when that group's in power, they need to go and free the country from that evil force that they helped create and they helped fund. You know, they've done it in South America, they've done it in the Middle East, um, and now they're trying to say Russia is doing something far worse when in reality it's not even as bad in some cases to what they've done in um, in the Middle East. You know, like, they, I don't even know the death total of people in Ukraine. It's hard to know because of you know the propaganda that's going on but in the middle east you know that the media aren't 
covering you know american bombs are being dropped on um people is, is that is that okay but the russian bombs are hitting ukraine and that's that's the worst thing ever you know and it has has what russia has done is apparently so terrible that it requires the whole world to to unite against them and disproportionately hurt just the average everyday russian and then well like extra disproportionately go after just the rich russians that are associated with putin and and it is true that russian country like other con countries that are run similarly all of the businesses are russian you know businesses there's very little separation between the state owned state you mean yeah, yeah well yeah even yeah. if they aren't you know state owned by name and so you you definitely can't be well off and powerful in russia without being good mates with putin so you know there's there, there are probably true claims to these people that um that are linked to putin and maybe supporting him or whatever they might donate to his party and things but you know if they're trying to freeze the assets and you see the hit pieces in the new zealand um newspapers about um the russian citizens of that live in new zealand and their assets and you know um just kind of floating the idea of should they be frozen you know just because they've been proven to support putin and russia um we were talking about this because we we casually prepare for the shows over the week in the dms and i asked you the question why have we never sanctioned america for going to war yeah i've got no idea like the they 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 lied about weapons of mass destruction and killed millions of people you know based on lies it's not it's not a conspiracy or anything like that it's proven fact that they lied about weapons and, and they invaded they invaded other countries around the country they lied about you know they were they've had they've had soldiers in the middle east since well for like you know close to over 30 years maybe from the 80s through to the maybe close to 20 2020 so yeah a long time mm-hmm and um just just over here simon I've, I've got your your other link i don't know if we want to play this video but did you did you want to speak to it yeah we can just kind of talk to it we don't need to play yeah. it i guess yeah but um so this video is a russian guy basically talking about intel and information that they've received and it talks about the um bio labs that uh, america fund in ukraine especially in kiev lots in new kiev um but yeah so there's there's basically a while ago when this whole russia conflict was starting to bubble um you, you there were people getting called conspiracy theorists for talking about um uh the u.s having labs in ukraine you know you that was something that was discredited and then uh, what that tweet there says talks about Newlands. That's the last name of a, a senator or some American politician. But she mm. admitted in a in an American um, uh, committee or, or meeting or hearing or something, um, you know, under oath, that um, that America has bi research bio labs in Ukraine and that they are working with the Ukraine officials to secure the uh, you know 
um, the pathogens and uh, to, or to destroy them so that they didn't fall into Russian hands. And then she you know, immediately says, but if there is to be a uh, um, a, a bio attack, um, it's it's the Russians. It's it's standard Russian tactic to accuse the other person of of something that they that they're going to do, which is you know what you just finished doing, right? If you think about it, she just said, "Oh, by the way, um, if anything happens, it's the Russians because you know that's their tactic. They they <laughs> they they." they they blame somebody else for what they're about to do. So I'm blaming the Russians for what we're about to do, but you know that's not what that's not what I'm doing, right? No, no, no. We're the good guys. Now, but, now I've got to be honest with you. I uh, it took me all week to get my head around this one. Still, kind of maybe not quite there. So, are we saying for people at home, you know, talking to them straight, are we saying that? the US is working with the Ukraine to potentially, let me use that word clearly, potentially develop bioweapons. Well, yeah, so it's it's in standard operation for the CIA to extend their reach through um, private businesses and uh, specifically non-government uh, organizations through contracts, you know, so there is a huge concentration of American uh, NGOs in Ukraine, and there is a history of some large donations from America to Ukraine for research. Um, and and these labs do do bio, um, well not bioweapon research, but you know they do gain a function, which is just a polite way of saying bioweapon re, um, research because you're trying to enhance enhance um, uh, pathogens. Uh, genetically so that's been happening all over ukraine and potentially that could be the source of the uh, pandemic too that bill gates warned us about um back in the start of uh covid i i don't know if this has been in the scope of your assessment of all this so let me know i don't mean to put you on the spot but have you noticed any uh movement in the financial markets surrounding companies like Pfizer and the like I haven't seen it myself but people have commented on Twitter that I've seen uh, oh. talking about yeah. the um, the insurance companies uh, getting wind of things and uh, that's kind of triggered the some uncertainty in the stock of, of some of these companies so you know in that um, we'll probably skip past it but in that Twitter thread you first showed from me um, it, it talks about shorting um, the Pfizer and Moderna stock and things like that because it'll um, it'll take us a, a, a drop so it, it's a good way to make some money off it. Yeah, funny I even knew how to short stocks. Maybe that's something we got well, to learn. So it's, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean the the simple definition of, of a short is the opposite of a long, but it's uh, it's options trading really. So what you're doing is you're betting on a future outcome. So you say, um, you know, by this date. Uh, the price of a of a share is going to decrease to this value, or it's going to increase to this value, and um, if you're right, then you get, I guess, a bigger return um, on your investment than if you would just to try and buy shares and sell high uh, when you get it. So, yeah, you it's um, so yeah, shorting is when you're saying you're betting on a stock um, uh, performing really badly, 
and then longing it is saying yeah i think it's going to improve and it's going to get better and i'm, I'm going to buy shares at this price it's like you're setting a, a future price or you want to uh, buy yeah. a share. yeah but um it's what's it's what happened with um gamestop so you know with the whole gamestop thing yeah yep. those um big those big venture capital um firms were shorting gamestop and then that guy got on there and was like hey let's just stick it to these guys you know i like gamestop we can just all buy into it and just screw these guys over they're hugely over invested in it and then yeah they, <laughs> it all it all yeah it all kind of happened from that but yeah so that's what i meant by shorting um fun a, fact fun fact i know somebody that um made forty thousand dollars cash on the short of GameStop. I only learned about their um adventures recently, but forty thousand dollars pure cash. If I inland revenues listening, no you don't. Uh no they <laughs> they paid tax, it was all legit that's tax paid. Forty thousand. Oh, oh nice. That's good. That's a good little penny. <laughs> Shiny little penny. So so what's the like these are some epic threads, Simon, and I I spent time with them, but not as much as I would have liked to. So, what's your, what's your little tidbit or your takeaway for people at home? Um, okay, I guess it's like an evolution of what I said earlier in saying, well, everybody in the COVID narrative is all against Russia. Um, to kind of go further on that, Russia has spent the whole time taking COVID seriously. Uh, and I guess putting in the same pl- uh, things in place like mandates and um, passes and things like that. So maybe they are kind of all buddies behind the scenes, and and this this conflict in Russia and Ukraine is grossly grossly overstated. I mean, that's if if you're not actually taking the time to look for authentic grassroots people in Ukraine you've got really no idea of what's going on because you're getting a slanted perspective but um there's you know they're talking about big major cities under bombs day and night but um you know i've seen videos of people just walking the streets Mm. and old people walking their dogs and all, all you all you hear is the occasional siren but you know there's no actual gunfire or bombings going off it's um i think it's a little bit theatrical and I'm not trying to be insensitive because mm. I'm sure there are actual conflicts that are happening within Russia between, I mean, within Ukraine, between Russia and Ukraine. But I also think there's um, Ukraine citizens killing other, Ukraine, you know, Ukraine uh, residents, at least, if not citizens, excuse me, uh, that, that uh, you know, identify as Russian but live in the Ukraine area. There are Ukrainians that are identify as Nazis, you know, trying to kill these people at the same time mm. that is amazing and and it's obviously a story uh that will continue to cover as the um as the war continues but i'm just mind blown at the, at the various different things that are cropping up behind the scenes and and the different uh, levers that are at play with people that seemingly and I use that word word very intently have nothing to do with the war right at the moment now nothing to do with it. 
Now, in the interest of, you could say, a soft landing uh, for the show, this was kind of picked up in uh, Hannah's uh, story, but I wanted to have a chat a little bit about inflation, and in my exploits I found this story by Stuff, uh, where they got two um, admittedly politically leaning economists to have a chat. Leaning which way? Left and right. One each. Oh, right, one each. Yeah. So... In this article, it sort of talks to each of them about uh, what the priority should be. Um, I'm not going to go into a super amount of detail. It, as I said, soft landing, but the left-leaning economist uh, was really pointing to initiatives like working for families, uh, raising the minimum wage. I can't help thinking, though, Simon that raising the minimum wage does literally nothing for the people that need it the most. Well, I don't know. I mean, for people who can, uh, I guess in their eyes, only attain a minimum wage earning job and just get by by working as many hours as they could fit into their week then raising the minimum wage I guess tries to at least ensure that they don't get their wage obliterated by inflation I don't know I mean no, but here's the thing like I'd almost agree with you and I had that view mm. for a number of years when I was still a toxic leftist I believe um, minimum wage was you know raising it was a really good thing here's what happens though if you raise the minimum wage you just raise the bottom for everyone at the bottom. Newsflash, you're still at the bottom. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> so, so what happened... The, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a battle between finding short-term solutions and creating long-term outcomes, I guess. You know, like if you, if you, if you did incentivize improving your wage earning ability above minimum wage by keeping it stagnant and low then yeah that's okay but it also then screws over a lot of people who are stuck in a position where they're not likely to improve their wage earning ability before they die cool so then this um this article goes on to talk about it points out national's income tax plan and how it's apparently not very good i would i only have limited sort of understanding of it at the moment but I understand that it, it talks about uh, raising the tax bracket threshold but um, analysts say that that would only benefit the people at the very top and getting $2 extra a week uh, won't make the most difference um, on the right they are saying that it would be a significant benefit to uh, get rid of taxes related to uh, fuel and at the moment I would tend to agree get rid of GST or drop it it's another one that they always talk about I mean that's something that would um, greatly help the poor or the poor, the poor but the uh, poorest of the country did you did you say like 
did you tell me that GSC was actually installed as a war response fund? Um, it was in the States. I don't know if that, how accurate that is in um, New Zealand. I'd have to look it up, but yeah, that was in, um, um, in America. That was definitely what income tax was for. So, I mean, that, yeah, this, this article goes on to talk about, you know, working for families and the fact that um, they're planning to increase that and also um, initiatives that they're planning to raise the minimum wage. I wasn't necessarily aware of that, Simon, were you? Uh, I'm sorry, I was actually just looking up the introduction of NZ income tax. Uh, what was I aware of, sorry? Or what I uh, that, that um, there's going to be another increase in minimum wage. Oh yes, yeah, I was aware yeah. of that just through the work that I do. Yeah, coming yeah. up very soon. Yeah, awesome. Um, I've actually found um, some information, but essentially the in the introduction of income tax in uh, New Zealand was due to the massive reduction in land value um, in New Zealand. Um, and New Zealand was, the government was relying heavily on the uh, land tax uh, as their source of income. And so they needed another source. So they introduced a, a company business and employment income uh, tax. Hold on, run that by me one more time. We had a reduction in land value in New Zealand. Yeah, I guess this is talking about, I when, find... when was this? Uh, we're looking at like the 18th. 1800, 18th. okay. Yeah, 1800s. Oh, wow, um, that, that was a while ago, yeah. The land tax, 1878. Uh, income tax bill, 1879. There you go. That is amazing. What I haven't covered for uh, people at home that are interested, particularly our overseas friends I'm looking at an article which I'll include in the video on demand from Stats New Zealand this was a release made on the 27th of January 5.9% um, at the time of writing that but I wonder is it higher now Simon? yeah of course I mean these are the only official numbers I could find at the moment yeah now <clears throat> Our inflation, I guess, um, is a flow-on effect from the global economy. You know, we can't really uh, perform too strongly if the rest of the, the world's doing poorly. And the majority of the world is also based off the American dollar. And you know, America has been just exponentially printing money in terms of, you know, multiple trillions of dollars um, every year for the last couple of years and so every other currency that kind of but does trade based on the US dollar is now going to have to drastically increase their prices because they operate in US dollar that's why that's why in that tweet um, probably didn't see that one but they were talking about uh, those countries trading in uh, a different currency other than the US dollar so like in India Russia China and those countries so they're trying to trade in the ruble instead because that's actually one russia's one of the only countries left with um 
you know, decent-sized gold store to um, back their currency. Sorry, sorry to jump around um, topics on the show, Simon, but um, so if Russia and others are doing their own system, uh, we we didn't get to the point of what's it going to be based on. Like, how does that work if you if you do your own system? Well, um, I'm not sure. I guess you make a closed-off network, right, between those partners. Oh, okay, in, in yeah, the that's country. Fair. Yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll be, just a, be, it'll be yeah. a land party for global nations. <laughs> yeah, for the people going against the, um, the New World Order as such, yeah. They'll be making their own sort of private network slash land party. <laughs> <laughs> I like that concept. I really like it. Well, yeah, so um, inflation, I, I didn't necessarily want to bring it on the show, but apparently it's it's something that people are talking about, and I thought we'd dig into it and um, share our views. My view is, um, yeah, it's, it's here for now, but knowing New Zealand, they'll, they'll find ways to get the interest rate really, really low so people can buy houses they can't afford. Hmm. Any final thoughts and, on this, Simon? Yeah, I mean, I I have, I guess, supported the bans on um, more oil exploration, exploration off the West Coast because of the fragile habitats of the animals that live there and they're, and they're quite uh, close to extinction. But... We should probably think about whether that might be a smart option considering the instability of global oil and maybe let's not close our only refinery in the country. Um, it would be, probably be good to make sure that we could transport, you know, uh, a more of a raw resource and, and deal with it here and then rely on other countries to refine our oil into the petrol products uh, that we just then take straight to our petrol stations so i mean there's been a few key a few key things that have happened um to make our oil uh supply very fragile remember there was that marzin supply line that got clipped mm. i mean you know the tinfoil hat wearing me thinks well maybe it was that connected um to to kind of further the agenda of closing down the plant you never know um You'd think private contractor would probably wouldn't be close to hitting the most important pipeline in the whole country. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I've never really looked into that, but it did seem a little bit weird at the time and just thought some idiot, but maybe there was, there was some further planning involved, but yeah. Uh, we, uh, we, 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 sorry. Us, yeah, just, I guess we, we're importing more coal now than we ever have to run it through um, Huntley for our power because we stopped mining it you know stop mining um much, as much of it what's, yeah. what's better for the environment what's better for us it's interesting because um i don't know why but i've noticed that my youtube has been getting a, a lot more ads from the coal lobby and, <laughs> and how they're saying oh coal's not that bad we all need coal don't don't, don't be anti-coal and all this um, so, so yeah, I'm, I don't know much about it, but maybe that's a topic for another show this time in the state of coal in New Zealand. Yeah, definitely. I mean, coal in general yeah, is a very divided topic. Some people, you know, think it's some of the most, the most filthy energy source, uh, that man's ever created. And some people say that it's a very cheap, um, and relatively 
efficient fuel source for people who don't have much money um so yeah you who knows what the actual true situation is but yeah it'd be interesting to cover top of mind for me as we move into final thoughts is i'd love to sit down when i have five minutes god knows when that'll be and um do do a bit of a um calculation against buying a tesla at what point does the the current situation with uh petrol actually make a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar vehicle viable for the average person i I don't know if you've thought about that simon well i was having this conversation with (laughs) my friends because um you know they're talking about the gas prices and you know we should just do oh he was someone saying oh here's an unpopular opinion the rising gas prices is good you know because we need a switch off of using gas for our cars and i was thinking right the 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 transition from a gas car to a electric car isn't the the net positive for the environment isn't that great you know because the the production of an electric car is a terrible uh environmental business The, the lithium from the batteries is um is mined in the most you know like environment destroying way um and who's what sort of material is creating the energy for the electricity in the tesla coal and nuclear reactors and you know very little percentage of global power is from renewable resources new zealand is is probably one of the leading and still the vast majority of our um uh, energy comes from coal burning and gas burning and um I can't remember what the other one was, but yeah, not clean methods. Yeah, no, because I, I was just joking around with Hannah yesterday, and I was like, "See, man, we should have bought a Tesla last year, and then, mm. and then, and then none of this shit would be our problem." But um, no, you you raised some really good points about Teslas not necessarily being the most environmentally friendly to produce but i suppose i'm not talking about the environment anymore i'm talking about people's pockets oh yeah well that too so <laughs> that, um yeah my friend my friend um uh sent me like a gra- infograph and it was based on the uk but it, it said that at about like eighty thousand kilometers or something like that um uh that a car becomes um an electric car becomes more efficient or cost effective or than a um and a petrol car it didn't really make sense of it but it made it seem like over time eventually it does become more um effective to to have a uh, electric car oh that's fantastic so someone's already done it so time time versus money spent so the crossover point is eighty thousand. And well that was that was like yeah and, and not a tesla and it was it would it didn't say anything about the model but i'd assume it'd be some sort of you know very effective hybrid or you know electric car. <laughs> um, not, a not, nissan, not a tesla. nissan leaf nissan yeah leaf. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Not yeah. A tesla. oh i hate those cars hey simon if you ever catch me in a nissan leaf can you just shoot me in the head three times yeah and then just one more for good luck <laughs> yeah hey this has been a really amazing show uh simon thanks so much for being along did you have any final thoughts for the week wrapping up this episode oh well it was good to um actually pull through you know we we thought we'd 
<laughs> lost it for a second there, so it was good to finish. Um, and it was good to have Hannah back, you know, for yeah. the, the, the first part. And that um, has no, been good to, to, to chat the shit. Yeah, thanks, Simon. And uh, ladies and gentlemen at home, we do have some very interesting guests planned. I've been very busy in the emails. I know you've seen those, Simon. Uh, yep. So look out for those in the coming weeks. But I just want to remind everybody um, that we would really value your support in the show. So wherever you're seeing this video online, please like, subscribe, uh, follow whatever the button is advising you to do. Hit the notification bell and all those good things. Uh, thank you so much for being along. Please consider joining the Farrah Familia Discord. Uh, details of that will be in the chat so you can have uh, real-time conversations with the team. We're all a part of that server. But for now, thank you for being a part of the channel. Thank you for being a part of the journey. Please stay awesome. And Simon? We'll see you all in the next one. Bye.